Hello and welcome to Starside Chat. It's another week, another podcast. Joining me is uh, Aaron Capo. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good. I am uh, Zach, just in case you forgot. Anyway, we got a pretty jam-packed show. We got a lot going on. Yes. Lot to talk about, so we're gonna, I guess, jump right into the news. We'll try to make this fairly quick so we can get to the important stuff. So, uh, I guess, talk about the PlayStation Plus monthly free games for May. Yes. Uh, the ones that uh, I saw that were interesting to me was that Beyond Game, Beyond Two Souls, as well as yeah. Rayman Legends are going to be available. Yeah, and the reason why Beyond Two Souls is interesting be- is because the uh, the developers who made that game, they also made that Heavy Rain game. Yes. They are also releasing this month, um, what's it called? Detroit, Detroit Become Human. Yes. Interesting narrative uh decisions to be made in that game so uh i think it's worth checking out especially since it's free uh but yeah you can kind of play through that and then be all hyped up for uh detroit become human rayman legends also is a super fun play i feel like i've played some of those on mobile and so i like i feel like i get it at this point yeah i got mine i bought mine for pc back in the day and i had a lot of fun with it it would be probably even more fun on a couch with a friend but uh yeah that's true they're pretty good Definitely, games, though. Yeah, the art style is very fun, and uh, Rayman is, you know, he's a cool guy. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right, and uh, so I guess we should also do the Xbox free games. I don't know why mine is playing a video at me. <laughs> um, so they are Super Mega Baseball 2. Never heard of that one before, but this one I have. Mega, Mega, Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Yes. Have you, did, did you, you ever- play that game? I played uh, the thing that was like a demo for it, which was uh, Ground Zeroes. Mm. And I had a lot of fun with that. But I never got around to playing actual Phantom Pain. I played the first like hour of it somehow. Yeah, I think I, I also not. have played like maybe the first hour or two of it. I mean, the engine is beautiful. Yeah. And it was supposed to be like Kojima's uh, magnum opus until... Uh, Konami was like, nope. <laughs> so, they, they done him wrong. It's kind of like a half of a game, but the half that he did make is supposedly very good, and I always meant to pick it up. It's been on Steam sale a couple times, but now well, that it's like actually free. So I have it because I think fairly recently it was a PS Plus free game it was. of the month. Yeah, it was a couple of months ago. So that's when I downloaded it, and I played maybe about an hour or two. So that, that early part of the game is still fairly fresh in my mind, and it's very, very cinematic, and it is really yes. well done. Um, so it, and it gets, it gets bonkers, like pretty early <laughs> on in that game. Uh, as someone who's not super well versed in the Metal Gear, uh, world, I, it was kind of blowing my mind. So definitely check that one out if you've got, uh, Xbox live. What um, is this, uh, Nintendo stuff? Well, so there's a couple of Nintendo things. Like, they kind of detailed their E3 plans for this year. Uh, They confirmed the time and date of their video presentation. Uh, It'll be on the internet. It's like a Nintendo Direct. You know how they do their things Mm -hmm. on June 12th at 9 a.m. And it's going to focus on, like, kind of some... I want to say it's like kind of almost esportsy because I got like uh, Splatoon 2 World Championship and like some Smash Brothers stuff going on. And then, yeah, I assume they're going to talk about uh, some new games they've got. Maybe we'll see some like Metroid Prime stuff. I read they're only talking about 2018 games, games that are coming out in 2018. Which is kind of refreshing because uh, at like the PlayStation conference in particular, we see all these trailers for games that are like still years away. It's just like, yeah, remember the Final Fantasy VII remake? Where's that? Well, and uh, that other Kojima game. Oh yeah, I will do De- that as Death long as Stranding. he needs. Yeah, yeah, I'll wait as long as he needs for that because that's going to be amazing. Well, sure, but it's still like we're seeing trailers for the, that game and we're getting excited for it, and it's still like at least two years away, probably. Probably, yeah. So uh, anyway, oh, speaking of E three, uh, real quick before we get to the next news item, 
Uh, did you know that uh, the new trailer, I think the second trailer for Red Dead Redemption 2 is coming out on Wednesday? So tomorrow Ooh. as this goes up? I did not know that. Wednesday at 11 a.m. I think it's dropping. That's pretty exciting. I uh, Every game uh, developer has been like trying to move their games away from that game because it's <laughs> going to be such a huge release. I'm sure. Like, yeah, it's going to be great. Like even Call of Duty moved out of that first week in November into October, I believe. That first week in November is so hot. Well, and uh, I feel like Call of Duty has owned that week or that month uh, for years and years and years. And now they like even they're like kind of afraid to release so close to Red Dead that they have moved up their release date, which is uh, that's pretty huge actually but anyway uh we can talk more about red dead when we get some more details maybe or we'll maybe do a video after. on the trailer yeah yeah that's probably a good idea we should probably do that uh but going back to nintendo because there's a little bit more news with nintendo they are going to release a new rpg for phones uh this summer i don't know that oh, there's I haven't heard a, about this i don't know that there's a specific release date on it it's just this summer first in asia then in like north america and europe but uh yeah so they their mobile games have been pretty decent actually i've like i've liked most of them like pokemon go was fun for a short while uh and then i stopped playing it but uh it was like a phenomenon there for a while uh and then like Super Mario Run and uh, what is it? Fire Emblem. Yeah, Fire Emblem. Yes, I played that and I enjoyed that quite a bit. And so, yeah, I guess they're going to have another one. It looks very anime-ish, but it's, yeah, it's an RPG. Uh, I think they've done really good with their uh, their mobile games. It's called The game is called Dragalia Lost. Mm. I don't know if that's like from an existing property or not, but. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know anything about it. I just the fact that it's a Nintendo RPG and it's gonna be on mobile, so it's most likely gonna be like kind of free to play. Mm-hmm. It seems pretty cool. I'm I curious. To, none. Of, I have not really checked out any. I mean, I guess I played Super Mario Run, but uh, I have not been into most of their mobile games because they've had been that like free to play model. Yeah, Fire Emblem Heroes is actually uh, like you can pay money to get like those um they're not like loot boxes but like to unlock more heroes and it's kind of like a roll of the dice sort of situation as to what heroes you're gonna get yeah which i guess is not ideal but like you can completely sort of avoid paying for anything and still be unlocking stuff fairly regularly and they they were updating that game really often uh when i was playing it last year Oh, really? I don't know if they're still doing it, but they were like adding stuff to it all the time, like new mm-hmm. playable sections and stuff like that. So it was actually it was actually really good, especially if you like turn-based uh, RPG combat. It was really really good actually, um, and it hmm. it was free. You didn't have to really pay for anything. It wasn't like Super Mario Run where you'd get like a short amount of it and then you had to yeah. pay like ten bucks in order to play the rest of it. Like yeah. you just had the full game. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, I would definitely recommend checking that one out if you haven't yet. Otherwise, wait until this uh, Dragalia Lost. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing that right, but wait until that <laughs> comes out and uh, check that out. Yeah, yeah, I will check it out. Next up on the list of news, Twitch is going to stream some NFL games this season. That is insane to me. I don't know right? how they're pulling this off. This blew my mind when I saw this. I was like, I don't, I don't know how they're getting the rights to this. Uh, but of course, Twitch is owned by Amazon, so I guess they've got some they've got some pull there. Maybe are there going to be commercials? There must be. Uh, I mean, there could be. I don't know. How did it work? I feel like Yahoo has streamed some games in the past. Well, so like when the Super Bowl happened, I watched that via like the NFL app or some nonsense, and it was not a great experience. Like I was not seeing the new crazy commercials that everyone else was, which was the main reason I was watching the Super Bowl. It was just like the same two commercials over and over again, which oh, like really? kind of defeats the purpose. It's like the one time of year where you actually need live television and it's a real pain. Well, but the thing about that is uh, like you could just get like a digital antenna for like- I don't want to do that. That's not very expensive. <laughs> no. 
but I agree with you. It should definitely they should definitely just have all the commercials. But I'm sure that gets into some weird like rights issue. Yeah, that you're probably right. We don't know much about, but um, but yeah. Uh, so I'm curious as to how it's gonna work. But I mean, the other nice thing about Twitch is that it's like very interactive, and they they yeah. did say like the press release did say that there was gonna be some unique viewing experiences and like interactive features and stuff like that. Mm. So I'm curious I'm to pro see. This. Yeah, I'm very curious to see uh, how it differs from like a standard TV broadcast, or if it does at all. Mm-hmm. And how they handle like the commercials and everything. I am. This will make me watch football for maybe thirty minutes if this happens. <laughs> Just to check it out. Yeah, it probably would do that. Should we get into the meat of this episode, Zach? Uh, yeah, we probably should. Uh, because we have both finished Far Cry Five and we've both seen Avengers: Infinity War. And we Which should we talk about first? I feel like Avengers Infinity War is like the thing everybody wants to hear about right now. So maybe we should save that for last. Okay. What are... Oh, yeah. Save it. Okay. So, yeah, we can talk about Far Cry 5. All right. So you texted me and you were pretty bummed by the ending of Far Cry 5. Yes. I hated it. And <laughs> like in the past, like I've been thinking about like Far Cry 3... Spoiler alert for Far Cry 3 and 4. Far Cry 3 ended with a choice where you could either leave the island and go back to just being like a bro, or you could stay on the island, but it ended up with uh, the girl like sacrificing you, which was like, whatever. If you left the island, you were basically fine. Far Cry 4 was like less, it was like more shades of gray, where like if you did the guy, then you got all the drugs out of the country, but you went like super religious and like were kind of like, uh, it became like a theocracy, which was not great. And if you went with the girl, then you just went like full, full like drug trade. And like there were still, it was still like kind of a problem. She was basically the new pagan men. Far Cry 5, I feel like the, it like went up a level with how shitty the ending was. <laughs> Well, so when you say that, you you mean specifically that it ends in such a way that you can't really win. It ends either with okay. So here's the spoiler. If you don't want to know about what happens at the end, uh, yeah, about we should say spoilers for Far Cry Five at this point. You either a so you get you go to the main place. The big bad guy's been waiting for you in his church, and you're gonna go confront him. And you either a leave like he says like you better get out of here and you can choose to leave and if you do that you get all your friends in a car and you drive off and then like a song starts playing on the radio which like previously in the story that song was like your trigger to go like murder crazy so it's like kind of saying like oh you're about to murder all your friends and then it cuts to black or you you resist uh, and you are going to take him on. So you take him on, you capture him. It seems like you've won, but then the nuclear apocalypse happens and you get all your friends in a car with the bad guy and you drive away and everything's exploding and you're trying to get to a bomb shelter and then you crash and then the bad guy picks you up, puts you in the bomb shelter and then change you to a pipe. And he's like, guess what? You're my family now and you're my slave and I'm going to torture you forever and the nuclear apocalypse happens, so like the world is over, and then it cuts to black. And both of those scenarios are not what I would define as fun. <laughs> yeah, uh, and we talked about in our initial impressions at the very beginning, it kind of starts out as this very sort of dark thing. Uh, and then it becomes like almost immediately after that, this like crazy, weird, fun Far Cry. It becomes a cartoon, thing. basically. Yeah. And then like the end really comes back to that like dark sort of setup that they had done at the very beginning. Yeah. Uh, and like, I know you hate like, you know, not happy endings. So I guess I should have seen your uh, hatred for the way the game ended based on that. Uh, but I actually kind of thought the ending was interesting, and not just because it's possible that the next Far Cry game will basically just be Far Cry Fallout. Uh, <laughs> mm, I don't know if they're even gonna. They're, no, it's probably gonna they're be. They're not gonna do it. But uh, 
that could be interesting. Like, for one, like, how does he have nuclear bombs? Like, just the the reach of this guy is. Uh, I don't think it was him. Who who do you think it was? I think Ubisoft came out and said like he was right. Like, apparently, uh, throughout the game, you can hear like uh, radio stations saying like, "Oh, politics are bad right now," and so like the whole death cult was like basically correct like the world was going down the trash mm. and the ending was basically the start of a global war well so that then would have been unavoidable no matter what you did so either you are trapped with him or you're out on the surface and you probably died from the nuke yeah it's a real bummer well but th- so the reason i thought it was interesting is because like all the review outlets were sort of taking issue with the fact that the game didn't take a stance on like gun violence and everything. Uh, and I think the ending kind of tied that together for me where it did feel like it was trying to take a stance on like violence and everything. It's, I mean, it's a bit abstract, I guess, but I do think it is a little bit ultimately anti gun violence and not necessarily in like a, a good way, but like, because there's sort of an alternate ending where at the very beginning, if you don't try to arrest him and you just walk away, that's sort of actually the best ending possible because you don't get into this giant war and like a ton of people don't end up dying. Uh, and he ends up, I guess, not being right, maybe, or at least partially. And so you're not like solving things with guns and so I guess that's essentially the best ending. But, like, if you do arrest him, then, of course, each of the family members uh, sort of becomes one of the villains you have to take down. Um, and as you play through the game, they each sort of tell you about the different traumas that they went through. Uh, and when you kill each of them, uh, you get another cutscene where, like, Joseph Seed tells you about traumas that he's been through and that's why they've gone off the rails and they're like doing all this crazy terrible things um and so you by sort of inflicting more traumas on them sort of makes them become even more unhinged and justifies their cause even more um he literally also tells you that you're all he has left and that he's sort of you're his family because you're kind of a monster by the end of it, because you've murdered so many people. Uh, and so he kind of created you, so you are essentially his, like, creation or his son or whatever. So you're either, like, accepting his influence over your mind, because they did, like, set it up where they've been, like, using this drug to, like, uh, sort of mind control you. And, like, you see mm-hmm. this with other characters as well. And so, yeah, that song is, like, the trigger song. So I guess technically he probably has control over you anyway, but but yeah, that's like when you end up killing Eli, it's because of that. Yes. I, towards the end of it, like the whole upper section, I stopped caring about the plot and I would just like skip all cutscenes because I was like, I am done having people just like walk around and talk at me. All those like uh, things where he's just like the main father is just in darkness, like talking to you. I was like, whatever, because those things are like, they feel like they're 30 minutes long and I was just like done. So I didn't even know that that song was like your trigger or whatever. I surmised it towards the end, but <laughs> like I skipped most of Jacob's area. Cause I was just like, whatever. Well, I mean, that's your fault then. <laughs> you can't like skip over the story and then be like, man, the story didn't work for me. Uh, well, I mean, the ending is the main thing that doesn't work for me. Well, yeah, but partially because you skipped the story that leads up to it, but I don't know that any story could have been well, a good... Uh, that's just because you don't like not happy endings. Because they're also sort of like the four horsemen of the apocalypse, right? Mm, I think, yeah, I, I guess. I think it's pretty daring, honestly, to make a story where you lose like, and the bad guy wins. Or he's like so powerful that you can't win. I'm not saying it's great or that I'm necessarily on board with it. I Far Cry 4 better. I don't even remember the end of Far Cry 4, to be honest. You blew up pagan men in a helicopter with a rocket launcher. I don't remember that. You're probably right, but I don't remember. 
But uh, maybe the problem is execution, like partially because it is so like goofy and silly throughout the game. And then there's like all these weird, like super serious, like crazy things that like whenever you interact with one of the family members Mm -hmm. uh, and they like, I don't know, you're doing crazy stuff and then all of a sudden you get captured, but you always like escape and then it happens again and then you escape and then it happens again and then you escape. Like it's just sort of, it's sort of a weird way to tell a story. And it's, I guess part of, partly it's because they're, they don't ever break out from that first person perspective because like when you uh, finish or when you kill one of the like family members, you have this weird moment where Joseph Seed just sort of appears almost like a dream sequence, yeah. but I can't really understand what's happening there or like how we're seeing this. It's just sort of like, well, it's a game and we need to have the guy interact with you somehow. So without explanation, just here he is. And then he goes I feel like away. My main, I had two main problems with it. I had three main problems with this game. Problem one was that the thing I loved about Far Cry was the Far Cry formula of climbing something, like getting a map reveal, and then going, like knowing where every objective is and conquering it as I see, as I saw fit, as well as like capturing animals and like increasing my stats based on like the like crazy wallets and holsters I was able to craft. This one backed way away from that. Like Far Cry 4 really embraced, because basically each like uh, general or whatever had their own fortress, which was like a, that was like a big version of an encampment. And I love taking down encampments. Whereas this one is sort of just like, hey, there are encampments. They don't have to do them for any reason. And if you complete all of them in an area, nothing happens. But uh, yeah, it was weird. Around. It was weird the way they chose to like, as you do random things, like the meter just sort of fills up. And once it gets high enough, it's just like, well, uh, here's a story mission for you that you can't avoid. Exactly. So I wanted more. And also like kind of the companion system did made me just like stop caring about stealth because it was so much easier to just like send the bear and the guy with the plane who would bomb stuff in. So like why even you just got like an extra 300 bucks or something for doing it stealth. And that was my favorite part of Far Cry 4. The second thing was I felt like there was not a ton of weapon variety in this. Like, I basically yeah. spent the entire game with ma- mainly the same couple of guns once I unlocked them. Yeah. Whereas in um, Far Cry 3 and Far Cry 4, there were some pretty crazy ones you could get. And you had to grind certain things to get them. Like, there was one where you had to... There was a crazy machine gun where you had to get a certain level in that crazy arena... Uh, and then obviously the third thing, I guess, was the setting and also the ending. Like, I don't find Montana to be, like, it's definitely not as beautiful as Far Cry 4 and, uh, like, the India setting. Yeah, I definitely uh, didn't like that it was just, like, some, like, small town America instead of, like, some sort of exotic location, which is what you kind of associate with Far Cry. Yeah. So that did so seem for the next weird one, to me. For the next one, I would say... I mean, they're not going to do this, but I would say bring back, like, outposts meaning something and, like, stealthing them be a fun thing, more weapon variety, and a better setting slash ending. Well, so, like, in Far Cry 4, the towers uh, were kind of a little bit akin to, like, the prepper stashes because they were a little bit like puzzles into how to figure out how to get to the top of them. And so they just sort of changed that to be prepper stashes, which uh, I guess made it a little bit more story related. So I'm not sure that's necessarily a bad thing, especially since I think a lot of people didn't really or were getting kind of tired of that formula. Because it's also in like all the Assassin's Creed games where you have to climb a tower and then all of a sudden you see everything on the map. And so they even joke about it on the first tower that you're supposed to climb in this game they're like don't worry we won't make you do this for the rest of the game so like i think more people are okay with them having ditched some of those things yeah uh like i get your point that it like that felt like the far cry formula and they altered it and now it kind of doesn't feel like that anymore but it didn't bother me that much it also didn't bother me that i 
I didn't have to like grind specific animal kills in order to upgrade my wallet because I didn't necessarily love doing that in Far Cry 4, but also I still ended up going around and doing some hunting anyway just to complete uh, challenges to get perk points. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I also kind of liked that you could play the arcade mode to get your perk points so that you could just kind of avoid all that stuff altogether if you wanted to. Because, yeah. uh, like, for some people, they they love it. Like, I think the, the fishing in Far Cry 5 has been, like, a thing that people like doing is just sort of a relaxing little thing. It's not really for me, but some people like it. Uh, I did it one time when you had to do it to get the bear. You had to get a salmon for the oh, bear. Yeah. That's the only time I ever picked up a fishing pole in that game. Yeah, uh, I didn't love it. I did it a few times, but I was definitely like, I don't see myself doing a lot of this. Uh, yeah. And so uh, I, it was nice that you could avoid doing any of that stuff if you didn't want to, and you could just play like the arcade mode and still get perk points. Um or yeah, you could just like load up on prepper stashes and stuff like that. Uh, but I the prepper stashes were a good addition. Yeah, and I, I agree that the outposts definitely didn't feel very um, meaningful. They were just like go here and kill a certain number of enemies, and then you're good. Or don't, or don't do that. Or yeah, don't do it at all. I I actually got to the point where I would just like take a helicopter with like machine gun and uh, rockets on it and i would just like fly low and take everybody out from the helicopter without ever setting foot in the outpost i remember being so pumped in far cry 4 when i unlocked the like mini crossbow because i'm usually a bow guy but by the end of far cry 5 i was not even carrying a bow because i didn't care about stealth at all yeah but the mini crossbow was like a like a rapid fire one hit kill and that made getting outposts like so much fun because i basically i could take people out so quickly i don't know well i like i like uh doing outposts i like stealthing outposts and i feel like i do as well people who don't like that even even in like blood dragon i like my primary weapon for most of that game was the bow exactly i pretty much never used it in far cry 5 yeah it was like because uh, you needed, I feel like ammo was a little bit of a premium, and I just feel like every time I try, I like maybe two outposts I successfully stealthed, but invariably someone would either see me or my uh, companions and then I would just have to immediately start killing everybody. Yeah, that would happen to me a lot as well. I like that normally is how it goes for me when I try to play stealth games, so I didn't like necessarily notice a that it was a problem in this game because I was like, well, this happens to me in every game I try to stealth. So, like, mm-hmm. I start out trying to stealth and I take out a couple of guys and then I always get noticed and I'm like, well, time to I guess do this the the other way. To round this out, where would you want the next one to be set? That's tough. I'm curious as to whether the whole like nuclear apocalypse is a thing that they're going to carry forward into the next one. Have they all taken place in the same universe up to now? I don't know. I guess they could have. They, I mean, they definitely could yeah, have. Yeah, they definitely could have, but I, I don't know, actually. That's uh, something I guess we'll have to wait and find out. But I'd be curious to see a almost Fallout-style Far Cry game. Uh, but I would also be fine with them just going to like some other exotic location and doing like a more traditional Far Cry-style game. Do a sand place. They haven't done a sand place yet. Yeah, but how can you do that? What do you mean? I guess you could. I don't know. A desert. Yeah. I'm trying to think of if that would offer the same like variation on terrain and stuff that you get in the other Far Cry games. I don't know. I feel like I don't want it to be a post-apocalypse uh, and I want it to be different. And sand is the first place I thought of because they've done snow kind of and they've done jungle and now they've done just like rural forest. So, I mean, I don't know, maybe a city. That would be crazy too. Well, yeah, that, I guess that's an interesting point. I wonder, would that, uh, that might almost be like too many other games. I still feel like Far, the, the thing about Far Cry is that it's always set in an exotic locale 
Like, if it's just a first-person shooter in a city, you know, it's any other game. Yeah, but imagine, imagine like, uh, another Ubisoft game, Watch Dogs. Imagine Watch Dogs as a first-person shooter where it's less focused on technology and more just, like, you're driving around the streets of, like, uh, San Diego and you have, like, a ton of guns and stuff. Wouldn't that... That would be kind of crazy. I guess wouldn't it just be like first person watchdogs then i mean i feel like they could do it in like some place like mexico or you know i don't know if oh yeah mexico could happen they probably wouldn't do another american place right yeah that's true yeah um or just you know some place where there's some sort of like they can make a fictional person to fight (laughs) Like a bad mm-hmm. faction of people or whatever. I mean, that's definitely a weakness of this game is that I did not care at all. Like Pagan Men and uh, the guy from 3 who's named Voss. Yeah. Those are two really interesting characters who I never skipped a cutscene with them because I was interested in what they had to say and they were interested like... I agree. I don't know. Uh, they were Jacob, the third guy, was just like... I was just like, whatever. You are like a prepper guy. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I agree that uh, the villains in this game were definitely not as interesting as the the main villain from 4. I never played 3, but... 3 was fun. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've seen some of that game. I just haven't played it. But yeah, I want them to do a more charismatic villain. Or at least, like, I don't know. This guy could have been better. You just don't really see him much. Yeah. Anyway, F... F, I don't know about that. Uh, I don't know. D plus. Because before the ending, when it was not happy, you were, you were mostly on board for Far Cry Five. I was on board until like halfway through, uh, the girls' area, and then it started sort of. I started to see the limits to what the fun that I could have, and then by the end of the girls' area, I was just like, all right. Also, every one of the girls' cutscenes was just like. Hey, walk through this gar- unskippable garden for like ten minutes, and it was yeah. just like whatever. Her her stuff didn't make any sense to me. Like I, I was mostly fine with like the guy to the south and the guy to the north, but her stuff was just like so like weird and like drug trippy that I was like, this doesn't even make sense. Like this couldn't possibly be happening. <laughs> this feels like kind of video gamey to me. I would say first 10 to 12 hours, I would give a solid B, but it drops way off once you, especially once you have the ability to get a helicopter, because I stopped just like getting into random encounters and just like would immediately go to the place, immediately kill everybody, have a cutscene, and then just like go to the next place in a helicopter. But I don't know. Uh, I feel like it ended poorly. And I was not super into it for like the last three or four hours. Uh, I think I l- like it a little more than you. I I have problems with it. I don't think it's the best Far Cry game I've ever played, but I still had a good amount of fun with it. Like, I don't think I'm like begging for my money back or anything like that. <laughs> no, so. I am not either. I definitely it was a good it was a good purchase. Yeah, and. I also think there's a lot of fun to be had with the arcade mode. Yeah, and I, and I didn't even dip my toes in and that. And I think that redeems a good amount of it for me. Like, yeah, we have our problems with the story and, and some of the gameplay elements of it. Uh, and, of course, we're not super fond of the setting. But I think it does a lot of other things pretty well. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the arcade mode, and I kind of wish I had more time to spend more time with the arcade mode. But yeah, uh, maybe I'll jump back in at some point later. Maybe the because the, there is DLC to come. Uh, yeah, that I am very curious to check out. So we'll probably have to come back around to Far Cry Five again later on in the year. Uh, but as for now, I guess yeah, I'll give it like a B, a solid B. Yeah, I would say uh, it's not it's not making me want to wash my hands of the series. I'm interested to see what Far Cry Six is going to be, but I I have washed my hands of Far Cry Five, I think. So I'm probably not going to be playing any of the DLCs. Really, even if they're like completely separate from 
the main storyline of Far Cry 5, which I they mean, are I know likely that to Mars be. one. I don't know. I'll watch. Because I do think as it. far as like the shooter mechanics of it, it's very, very solid in that regard. I agree. So like putting it in a different setting and maybe giving you some different things to do. And maybe they bring back some of that more traditional Far Cry, um, like those elements that you were talking about that they kind of ripped that. out of this. I think that could work and could be a lot of fun. Agreed. Should we talk about Infinity War? Yeah, let's move on to Infinity War. I was a fan. I think it was... Well, we're immediately going to say spoilers because I want to talk about a bunch of stuff. So there's not going to be any like yeah. vagueness about what we're saying. Yeah, because you almost can't really get into the meat of the topic without spoiling things. And this isn't the kind of movie that you will want to hear or know anything about before you go see yes. it. So... If you're, you've been listening up to this point and you haven't seen Avengers, just stop and come back later. So the things I wanted from this movie, I wanted some cool reveals. I wanted that scene in the first Avengers where Thor or Captain America's like, oh, you got a Hulk out banner. And he's like, oh, my secret is I'm always angry. And I'm paraphrasing. And then he turns into the Hulk and punches that uh, big flying thing. That was a very cool moment. That was a clappable moment. People laughed in the theater. And I didn't really have a moment like that in this one, but I still really liked it. I thought it was masterfully done, and I was never bored, and I was never like, when is this scene going to end? And yeah, I think it's overall I was pro. I was for it. It's it's the difference between maybe Joss Whedon and the Russo brothers. That could be. That could be. Yeah. <laughs> I think Joss Whedon is not only really, really good at sort of weaving a lot of characters together into one narrative, uh, yeah. but he also is really capable of bringing those like big, cool, like set pieces and those big moments that you remember because yes. I kind of want to say there weren't really those like big fun like moments but granted this is a very different movie that's doing different things like it's yes. not really like a fun celebration of we're the Avengers and we're together you know at last and in our the first movie together and we're having fun this is like th- some pretty dark stuff happens in this movie um, yeah I agree with that but yeah, I think the only like big moment that you were talking about was when Thor showed up at the battle um, with the big axe. Uh, that was fine, but it wasn't something that like I don't know. I don't think a lot of people cheered in my theater. Really, they did uh, at the theater I went to. It was a it was a really cool moment. I think probably the most memorable moment that I can think of as far as like the fun goes, there were like definitely some memorable sad moments yeah. uh, that we can get into at some point. But I mean, everybody kind of wondered whether uh, even the first Avengers movie could work because of how many characters it had to balance. And this yeah. movie has even more like twice, probably twice the number of characters. And I think somehow it works. Um, yeah. I think it definitely does. I, some, my mom thought it was too long. But uh, it, it was, I thought it was fine. It was very long, but I, I agree. I don't think it felt that long. I th- no, I don't either. Uh, I, I think I didn't really have. I mean, things. I uh, the thing I really wanted from this. I wanted a big reveal, and I also wanted a crazy, some crazy cameos. Which, like, I guess Peter Dinklage was happening, and that was fine. But I wanted, like, I wanted Captain Marvel to be in this one, which she was not. I think she was or, going to be originally, and then they pulled her um, for some reason. Interesting. I mean, she's definitely going to be the next one. Yeah. But I don't know. I wanted, uh, and we kind of got that with like the Red Skull coming back for no reason. I was like, okay, yeah. that's something interesting. But I wanted there to be like a, I don't need like like a super famous person playing a crazy part to show up, which didn't really happen, and that's fine. I think Peter made it an A plus for me. Supposed to be that, but it's such a like minor role. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I've not, I mean, he's a cool guy, but that's not like when I'm, I wanted something else. And I think if I had gotten a crazy cameo like that, it would have been an A plus movie. But right now it's just sort of an A or an A minus for me. I've been kind of uh, uh, like back and forth on whether I think it's like a high B, low A 
I'm somewhere in that range because I liked how they had like the different sort of multiple lines of action, which helped it kind of um, it kept it going, obviously, but it also like allowed for some unique pairings of Avengers that we haven't seen before. Uh, And obviously, like the Guardians are in this movie and they have not interacted with the Avengers before. So seeing them all interact like you get uh, Thor teaming up with Rocket, and who knew that that could be such a fun pairing? Yeah, that was great. Uh, but also you get, like, like a little fight between, like, Peter Quill and Tony Stark and those guys when they're try- before they've really figured out that they're on the same side. This movie made me hate Chris Pratt. Well, for sure, because he, he ruins it. He ruins it for zero reason. He's just like, he has to punch him for no reason, even though like, they wait, almost 30 averted seconds. the apocalypse. Yeah, that that was the moment where it felt kind of dumb to me. That's that one like standout moment where you're like, okay, if one character wasn't just supremely stupid, uh, this yes. could have been over. Uh, that was definitely my least favorite part. But I liked how they humanized uh, Thanos and that they had that scene where he like, had to kill Gamora. Yeah. I thought that was cool and interesting. Yeah, so that and that's liked... one of the the things, right? Where they the one of the critiques of the the Marvel movies is that they don't do good bad guys, or they haven't had one since like Loki. And I feel they like, did uh, a great job with Thanos. I think they really did humanize him in a way that made him uh, m- like much more interesting than just a big bad dude that just wants to destroy everything. Which is what prior most of to them this are. though. Michael Keaton, I feel like, was the first good bad guy. Oh, sure, sure, yeah. I I completely forgot about him. Because he was definitely, like, super humanized, and you felt for him at the end of it. Yeah, yeah, he he's also good. They're, like, generally speaking, most of the bad guys are not great in the, the Marvel movies, or they're not really all that interesting, but, like, there's a few of them, and certainly I think Michael Keaton and, like, Loki are two of them. And I think Thanos, they did a good job with him. Also, his CG is so good. Yeah, I was, uh, so I saw it in 3D. And I have to say, yeah, it was, uh, it was very realistic, even though he was a big purple guy. Yeah, it, it, it was believable, I think is the best thing you Especially can say. Especially when about he was it. crying. Like in that scene where he was like crying and upset, I was not thinking, like, oh man, they're animating this really well. I was thinking, like, oh man, he's like really bummed out about this. Yeah, yeah. You, uh, it definitely does work, and like I don't know if you saw the Justice League movie, but uh, I did not, the, and I will never. The CG on the bad guy, and that I think his name is like Steppenwolf, is so bad that like this, they're not even comparable. This movie to that one, the the CGI works so much better here, but also they like humanize that character and make him interesting in ways that DC just didn't even try for that one. So. Like, a lot of different movies are trying to sort of replicate the Marvel formula, and they're just not doing it. They're not doing it as well. Why do you think, uh, why do you think Thanos knew who Tony Stark was? Or do you think that was just a throwaway line? Well, he had the gauntlet, right? So he knows everything, basically. Like, I think that's a thing, right? One of the stones, like, allows him to know, like, he knows all. I don't think so. I think he does. There's a space stone. So th- this There's... is one of the other complaints I have about it is that I kind of don't really know what all the stones do. And so. Oh, he was using them, though. He used the, the reality and the time one. I don't know what the others are. I don't know what they the space do. one is the one that allows him to teleport. Is it? OK. I... That's why it was blue every time he would teleport. Uh, so that's what the. Uh, and then the purple one was destruction or power. So whatever what he was like, power is like uh, kind of like destroying things. Like in the very first scene when he he only has the power, he's using that to defeat like Hulk and Loki. And also like right before he leaves that big ship, he uses the purple power and that starts to like destroy the entire ship. And that's what explodes the ship. So I think in the end fight, he uses all five of the stones to defeat everyone before he takes visions or no, after he takes Vision's uh, thing. Does he? I don't know. It's. I feel like that's there's potential for people to get lost there because I wasn't sure I understood all of like the what the gauntlet could do, and so I'm not sure that this 
like that's all established very well. Like I'm not sure I know completely what Vision is and he's a robot. what he's capable of. And uh he had the mind stone. Okay, I noted that you like this. Um, my Google Home has just noted that I like something. <laughs> mm, interesting. <laughs> I don't know what, but uh, no, I was confused by that. And that's the other thing that didn't really work for me was how much hinges on the romance between Vision and Scarlet Witch, who are like two characters that haven't gotten their own movie, and they're just kind of... I don't know. I think that this movie puts a lot on them, and I'm not sure that that really worked for me. Yeah, I was fine with that. It was sort of just like a whatever romance that had to happen. I wanted there to be more Hulk, uh, Black Widow stuff. Like I wanted. Yeah. They basically like he got there and he was just like, hey, and she was like, hey, and that was it. That's yeah, all we and got. And that the whole one movie. moment was worked so much better than everything between Scarlet Witch and uh, Vision. So, I I definitely expect that there's going to be more of that in the next one. Oh yeah, for sure. I think it was smart to kill off like half of the people because it gives them uh, like less people to juggle in the next one. Sure, but you don't expect them to be back like maybe halfway through the next one. I don't know about halfway, but uh, yeah, they're going to come back, but I don't know. It will probably be in the climax, I would imagine. Yeah. I So it's interesting that only like the, what is the first wave? I don't know how they're separating these. Only the first like initial crop of Avengers characters survived and like everyone from like phase two is out. And they're the ones that we know have to come back because there's, like, more movies planned with them. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, for one, that kind of made it so it wasn't as effective in the end when they start disappearing. Like, I think those scenes worked, but at the same time, my mind was going, okay, I know these guys are coming back. Like, this is not a permanent state. Spider-Man's death, though, I feel like was very impactful. Oh, for sure. As a kid. For sure. That's what I mean. Like, those scenes individually as they were disappearing, especially, like, uh, the one between Spider-Man and uh, Iron Man there at the end, that was super affecting. Like, it worked so well. But at the same time, I'm going, I know they're going to undo this. So I don't have to worry that much. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how. Because also, like, is the Infinity Gauntlet broken? I don't know. Did it? It was all like messed up oh, at the yeah. end. After he like did his little snap, so I don't know if it's just like if it's do- if he used all the power or like I'm not sure how they're gonna reverse it if it's broken. Right. And I also do you think he was sitting down to watch that sunset dying? Like was was he still like dying from his wounds that was inflicted by that axe, or was he just like chilling out? I think he was just chilling out. Um, yeah. But you might be right. I think. I wonder if maybe he's going to be like, well, now I've accomplished my goal and I have no one to like share it with. So I'm going to have to uh, use that time stone and go back and get Gamora. Mm. And that's how they bring her back. Cause there is another guardians of the galaxy movie to get made. And I've, I wonder if they're going to make that without her. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. I thought the next guardians was going to be about uh, Adam Warlock. I, it might be. I don't know specifically what the plans are for those movies. I just know there's going to be a third Guardians movie. Yeah, uh, but it's down. It's it's a ways away. It's not going to happen for a couple of years. Yeah. I also so I also wonder, like, who cares about the Ant Man movie that's coming up in a few months? Yeah, that's this? very interesting because like it, that appeared at least in the trailers to take place right after. Uh, Civil War, because in the first part of it, the trailer, he's like, hey, would you have come if Cap needed your help? And it's showing like stuff from when they were that that big airport scene. Uh, and she was like, I don't know. So maybe th- that takes place like pre-Infinity War. So that that's that brings us to I and I know we're jumping all over the place, but that I keep having all these like things I want to talk about. I don't know when that takes place, I guess, but you bring up Civil War. And the most interesting thing that was going on in this universe is that uh, rift between the Avengers, specifically Captain America and Iron Man. Yeah. And none of that is really anything in this movie. 
Yeah, they weren't even on the same planet for a majority of the movie. Yeah, they, like it gets a mention, and then they're like, well, we, we can't deal with that right now. Like, we need to <laughs> avoid that. That, I feel like, is going to be a cool thing in the yeah, next one. Yeah, I feel like it has to come up in the next one, and it's definitely because going I to. Because like, they're going to have to team up, right? Yeah, because, well, also, just like, Iron Man is going to come sweeping in from space, basically. Like, like, that's the only way he can get back from, because he's on, like, Titan or whatever. Mm-hmm. So at some point, like crazy stuff is going to be going down, and Captain America and everybody's going to be like, "Oh man, what are we going to do?" And then Star Lord and Iron Man are going to flying in. Well, Star Lord's dead. Was he with one of the ones that died? Yep. Oh yeah, you're right. Which is so a it, real bummer because not only did he need to like get revenge for Gamora's death, but he also needed to make up for the stupid thing that he did, and now he can't. Yeah. So, <laughs> well, maybe it'll be. Uh, I don't know where Captain Marvel is. Like, she's definitely not on Earth, I feel like. She, so maybe she'll pick up Iron Man and uh, the Blue Girl on the way or that's, something. That's one of those... they got to get back That's to one of those weird, like, logical questions you ask about this universe. Like, um, Nick Fury obviously knows about her. And, like, the producer, Kevin Feige, I think is his name, he, like, has come out and said that Captain Marvel is the most powerful character they've ever introduced into the series. Mm-hmm. Um, why would you not have her around for like when a, New York was being attacked in the first Avengers movie? So good question. So I feel I'm very like, excited for her movie. Yeah, I feel like her movie, which takes place in the '90s, and it's yes, like an, and Coulson's going to be in it. Yeah, and it's like an origins movie. I feel like that has to end in such a way that she like goes into some sort of hiding or like some sort of stasis and they're like she leaves the planet i'm sure and they're like we like we can only contact her if we absolutely need it but even then you kind of go i mean new york's getting destroyed and these big giant aliens are coming through like probably call the most powerful person you know i don't know i feel like so shield is Nick Fury's thing. And I believe in the comics there is a counterpart to that that only deals with aliens called SWORD, which is another acronym. And I think Captain Marvel is related to SWORD, and I think she is mainly off-planet. So I am very curious to see how they're going to set up... Because it's going to take place in the 90s. I think we're definitely going to see how Nick Fury loses his eye, which is something that's exciting. Uh... And Coulson is going to be back, which I I love that guy. He's great. Uh, Agents of Shield is a great show. Have you been watching and it's gonna it? Be the 90s. I I have, yeah. I have not watched it, and I think people are speculating as to whether like the disappearance of people is going to start affecting that TV show. I don't know. We'll see if it gets another season. Uh, I don't know that it's been renewed for a new season, but it's been fun. They have their own little little uh, B stories and. They don't really interact with the main Marvel universe much, but oh, the characters are fun. Do, so for the Netflix shows, does like uh, Iron Fist just disappear? <laughs> that's the yeah. I don't think that's really gonna be effect because they wouldn't even say like they would just say the incident talking about the first Avengers movie, and like Disney's making their own streaming service, so I imagine they're slowly but surely cutting all ties to Netflix. Mm. So I mean, like. Definitely, I think Luke Cage is definitely getting another season. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I thought there was... Jessica Jones Wasn't is. Luke Cage getting another season this year? Yes. I saw a trailer for it recently, actually. But, uh... I don't know, man. I don't think, like... Unless... I feel like Daredevil is has got to wrap up soon. And I don't think there's ever going to be another Defenders. Yeah, I don't... I didn't even watch that season. It was not great. I heard not good things about Iron Fist... And so I just yeah, never I watched Fist. it. And then um, the, yeah, that Defender show came out and I was like, well, I didn't watch Iron Fist, so I guess I'm not watching this yet. And, yeah. and then I just never got like, around to it. I didn't see the new season of Jessica Jones, which came out, but... I also didn't see that. I don't know. <laughs> I, I apparently Popularity, quit on all of them. <laughs> I think interest in those shows has declined. Yeah. But I don't know. Overall... I was a fan of Avengers, and I'm excited to see what they're doing next. I am as well. I'm very, very interested, because this one is definitely, like, the obvious comparison here is, like, Empire Strikes Back, where it sort of ends in sort of a cliffhanger, and so you, you, like, definitely need to see what happens next. And so Infinity War, they're not calling it Part 2 anymore, but the next one is coming out next year, right? Like, they made these 
back to back or at the same time. May 3rd. Yeah, so it's coming up. Uh, and a, a good thing because I feel like they're not going to want to wait, not only because fans are going to really want to know what happens next, but also like all of the rest of their like movie and TV projects sort of hinge on the situation being resolved. So I feel like it's they true. have to. Um, but yeah, this th- it also kind of felt less like a standard movie structure and more like several episodes of like Game of Thrones, uh, <laughs> like played back to back to back. I can see that. And the yeah, it ends on like a fairly devastating cliffhanger, the way some of the Game of Thrones seasons tend to do. Uh, but I I thought it was also kind of gutsy of them to like even if we know that they're going to bring most of the characters back, uh, if not all of them in the next movie to at least like leave it hanging. I felt like that was a good decision because, uh, yeah, I agree because another, another knock on the Marvel franchise is that it's been like, you almost need to kill off a character because otherwise we stop worrying about them. Cause we know that they're not going to do anything to them. Like they're going to be fine. So you almost have yeah. to, uh, so now they not only have done a good villain, but they've also killed off a lot of characters. Yes. We'll see what happens in the next one, I think. Yeah, I'm sure we will. My prediction is the story will continue in the next movie. Oh, a bold choice. <laughs> you really think so? Huh? We'll see. Uh, all, so Doctor Strange saw all the features, so he knew that Stark had to live. What do you think that's about? Yeah, I'm interested to see. I'm sure that'll be a thing in the next one where he's like, yeah, all this had to happen. And I like he's probably going to be like setting stuff up in the entire next one. And it's it'll be like a cool little time travel thing. Yeah. Uh, so I guess to sum up, uh, I is uh, an impossible task for the filmmakers to construct this movie that had essentially 10 years worth of characters to put together. But they did it. And I think they did as good a job as they could possibly have done. I think it's it's really good. There there's little things you can complain about it, but otherwise I think it's I think it's great. It's one of the probably one of the best uh Marvel movies. I agree. And you're not going to want to have this thing spoiled if you're still listening. It's yeah. t- totally spoiled if you haven't seen yeah. it already. Uh <laughs> But don't spoil but it. Definitely go others. see it again if you have seen it, because I feel like there's a bunch of stuff you'll. I definitely missed some stuff, so yeah. I'm excited to go see it again. Well, and the the humor I thought was also good. I we forgot to mention that, but there was like little moments of humor, uh, and I yeah, which was, was surprised how well they they worked considering the much darker tone here. But but mm-hmm. yeah, I thought it was great. Well, that wraps up episode seven. Join us next week when we'll probably talk about uh, other stuff. Uh, Yeah, maybe some God of War. We need to get back to that. We need to spend more time with that. Yes, I've been wanting to do that a lot. We definitely should play more. We have not been able to get more or gameplay of it done yet, so we're going to definitely need to do that at some point. And Google I.O. is uh, next week, so maybe we'll talk about that. Yeah, we should definitely talk some Google I.O. I'm very interested in that. Uh, anyway, follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Google Plus and subscribe on YouTube, all the things. Uh, leave us some comments. Let us know how we're doing, but also uh, um, suggestions, things like that, anything. And hope you enjoyed it. Thank you very much, Aaron Capo. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Zach Owens. Uh, Ryan and Mike and Kyle for uh contributing your your talents and your stuff so thank you and uh yeah we're out goodbye goodbye